I have bangs. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Clover Club. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Erica. We are on our second Kelly Free episode, but she's going to be back really soon. And I decided to take advantage of having three microphones. And so I've got two dudes up in the studio with me today that I'm so excited to introduce y'all to. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy this episode. I am so excited to be sitting here with... Keith <laughs> and Chase. Keith and Chase. <laughs> um, no, I'm here with Champ Hammett and uh, Heath Lognier. <laughs> um, uh, these guys have just opened up Guilty Party right next door to me, and I had to get them on here to to chit chat. And so, y'all, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. You betcha. Thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you. So, okay. I actually, I recently learned something that we have in common that you shared with me, Heath. Okay. And this is like a big deal. Champ, I don't think you know this yet. Oh, goodness. I'm excited. So, the three of us have a mutual friend. And drum roll. Who is it? Taco Bell. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. I have a deep passion for Taco Bell, and I learned that Heath also had a deep passion for Taco Bell, and he said that you, Champ, also share this passion. Is that um, accurate? That, that is actually not accurate. <gasps> is it a former passion? It's a former passion. Okay. Uh, I They got rid of the double-decker taco, and I just I haven't fully recovered. Oh, man. That was years ago. Yeah. yeah it was a long time ago. <laughs> and, well, to be fair, I married a girl from California. Okay. So we've become a Del Taco family. Ooh. Yeah, a real piece traitor. of shit. Traitor. Hey, hey. <laughs> I love getting french fries with tacos. I don't know if I've ever had french fries with tacos. Well, it's, that's why you're still in a relationship Del, with Taco Bell. With Del the Taco bell. is good, but it will never be Bell Taco. And I just, I, I ate Taco Bell 366 days in a row when I was 20 years old. And I'm better for it. Can I, can I also say that every Taco Bell in the city of Atlanta sucks? Yeah. Not the one on Ponce. It's yes, it does. terrible. Are you going in the daytime? Yes. That's your we, problem. So we just had it. We just had it two weeks ago. I mean, and a week ago, probably. It was, it was, is it inedible or unedible? Oh, uh, inedible. Neither. That's incorrect. Um, you were problem. eating it and you said, I don't even know what this is. This is bad. No, 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 no. I said, I don't even know what this is. I would never say this is bad. And I love it. But (laughs) the issue issue was we basically just kind of got a grab bag of random burritos. Okay. None of which were what I think I ordered. Luckily, it all tastes generally the same. Yeah. And I like that general taste. One was just nacho cheese and crispy rice. It, it was I'm not, not going to lie. I'd eat that yeah. in a tortilla. Okay. Yeah. You guys are saving What's face here. Yeah. Literally just, <laughs> God. One was just two delicious ingredients. Sponsor me, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How, how do you all know each other? I don't know this story. It's almost, I mean, at this point, 
we pretty much do every single waking activity together. Oh. It's more, I guess, curious that we didn't know each other longer. Okay. So we yes. kind of do all the exact same things. What are those things? Well, we both play drums. Woo. We both play golf. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We both grew up going to punk rock and hardcore shows. Fuck yeah. Honestly, we were probably... Actually, we know we were at a lot of the same shows, just didn't know each other. Oh. In different groups. That's cool. Um, we're both realtors. Okay. We slang houses. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then we then learned that Heath married a girl that went to my high school. Really? In a high school that has... Eight people. Yeah. It's Wait. A, it's a town with one red light and a Dairy Queen. What town is it? Where are you from? Well, it's by, it's so small, it's by county. Whoa. Yeah. So it's Pike County. Is that in Georgia? Yeah. Okay. Where, how close to Atlanta? 60 miles. Yeah. Okay. But it's way off the highway. Are you, where are you from, Heath? The swamps. The, the swamps. Yeah, the swamps. Uh, I'm from a <laughs> town called Pascagoula. I've heard of that. My friend Carly's from there. It's uh, Carly Monroe. Oh my God. Yeah. So I dated Carly's sister in high school. Wait, really? This is literally how Heath and I's conversations go, where it's like, what the fuck, you know this person. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. I, we she have mutual friends. A, I didn't know there were more. Yeah. This is, like, crazy. So Carly now lives in Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, yeah. where my parents now live. Okay. Oh, my God. But yeah, but yeah, I grew up about a half mile from Brittany and Carly. Oh, how funny. God, it's a small world. Okay, so how old were you when your paths finally crossed? Or, like, when did that happen? Hmm. I, I don't know if this is the first time, but I distinctly remember I was eating breakfast. At Taco Bell. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> no. <laughs> At a little place that we all know called Rhea's Bluebird. Yeah. Which is just across Shout the out. street. Yes. Uh, I was eating breakfast with another real estate agent, okay. and we were just shooting the shit, and Heath was our waiter. Oh. And Heath is like, hey, you sell houses, right? And I was like, yeah. He said, I'm a... I just got licensed. What what should I do? And I was like, well, let's get together. We'll we'll just talk about it and figure it all out. And then we just started peeling back the layers of the onion. Oh my yeah. gosh! So that was seven years ago. Yeah, seven, eight. How kismet! That's and amazing. It's been true love ever since. I, it's yeah. like a platonic soulmate. Yeah, get rid of him. That's so cute. Okay, so <laughs> you connected at Riaz. You mm-hmm. did some real estate. Uh, Coaching, I suppose. Well, it was more so just... went to lunch and drum shops. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That sounds great. I basically was just like, you know all that professional stuff they tell you to do? Don't do that. Do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's been my experience in business a lot is listen to the experts and then do the exact opposite and you'll be solid. (laughs) Yeah, the coaches are doing or telling because they can't do. Uh, Don't get me started on that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to do a whole episode on coaching. Um, Predatory coaching. It's a whole thing. Yep. Especially in real estate. Oh, God. I mean, that's Uh, what I would do. It's a smart business move. You go and teach, and that grows, right? And then you teach people to do things wrong. Therefore, they never steal your life. And they keep coming back. You You, you prey on people. You create problems you can conveniently fix. They think, well, I must be doing it wrong still. And they pay you more money for more Mm -hmm. coaching. It's very smart. It's like a drug dealer. Hey. Religion's been doing it forever. <laughs> that shit works. It, it uh, sure shit super does. works. Yeah. Just got to sell a tiny little bit of hope. Yeah. <laughs> we only need 10%. <laughs> oh, you are not wrong. So tell me, okay, so you've both had careers as musicians. I wouldn't say career, but no. I, I got a lot Deeply of free travel. <laughs> a, a lot of years of free travel all over the world. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Where's the craziest place your drumming has taken you? I, I've done two tours in Russia. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. The first one was two days. Okay. Went back, which I thought was going to be for another two days, and it was 12 days. Okay. And I was in places that I couldn't tell you where it was. Yeah. We were close to Kazakhstan. Cool. So I've done Russia. I've done Southeast Asia, China, Australia a couple times, Europe a bunch of times. Never got to go to South America or Africa. Okay. Yet. Um, Yet. But yeah. That's very cool. I, I think you got into Russia at the right time. Yeah, I don't plan. I don't plan to go back. <laughs> Same. I've never been. What about you, Heath? What's your drumming history? Um, I mean, I, I grew up playing. I moved to Atlanta from Pascagoula because my little shitty punk rock band got signed, and <laughs> there was uh, surprisingly not a huge punk rock scene in really? Pascagoula, Mississippi. <laughs> so we came up here just to be around more. Uh, mm-hmm. the music scene and a little more diversity that quickly fell apart with you know four 18 year olds away from home for the first time and yeah uh, you know champs involved in the hardcore scene just a lot of overlap with punk rock and there's a movement within that called straight edge mm-hmm. i was involved on the other swing of the pendulum which is called drug abuse and alcoholism mm-hmm. so um a lot of that had to do with why that fell apart, but I uh, went on the tour with a handful of other bands and never went to half the places Champ went. So not nearly as adventurous, I guess. You, I don't think you were one traveling of us were mentally ever successful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I slept on floors all over the world. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it sound when you say you toured, it sounds a lot more interesting than coming to find me seven days without a shower in the back of a bus. You know, so. That's- that is a visual. And by bus, I mean 12-passenger van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, to be clear. Right. Heath, you said something to me once that I, I had not heard it before, but I liked. And you were like, my issue is that I was just a little too good at doing drugs. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people get into all that, and it yeah. kind of ruins your life. And they have really bad experiences. I yeah. can say that that is the case with booze, but with drugs... I, I was very good at it, and it was always a great experience. Hey, I hear him tell stories, and I'm like, honestly, cocaine sounds sick. It sounds cocaine, awesome. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine it, is a hell of a it's drug. Amazing. Like I could be so wasted. I drank a handle of vodka a day. That's wild. Um, and you know, you drink that much booze, you're either gonna pass out or you know, I, and then I instantly the just throw some blow in there, and I'm like. Give me the fucking SATs, baby. I, I I got this. I'm so much smarter than I was ten seconds ago. Oh my god, that, that would be actually hilarious to watch you take the yeah. SATs. <laughs> no, he can't go back to that. Yeah, no, I'm, no, no. I'm five years removed, and uh, life is exponentially better. I am sure. I am sure. And Champ, you are literally on the other end of that spectrum. You've never partaken, correct? Nope. Have you ever like smoked a cigarette? Yeah, I smoked a cigarette. Oh, I smoked cigarettes in seventh grade when it was cool. <laughs> what a baddie. Yeah. <laughs> I used to sneak off into the woods and I did that. smoke we, some ciggies. Yeah, I stole my friend's grandma's cigarettes and we like went into the woods and like yeah. took like two pops and we're like... <laughs> yeah. That's how I started smoking, in the woods, just <laughs> me like building forts and shit. Yeah. yeah. And there was uh, a neighbor who she was probably 14, 15. Okay. And she was a real badass. Okay. I'm talking like chain wallet badass. Ooh. And Which she, we sell at Guilty Party. We caught yeah. her smoking, and she literally tied me to a tree, like with a extension cable, made me smoke cigarettes, and then gave me a little travel tube of toothpaste 
But basically she said, now that you've smoked, you can't tell on me for smoking. And now she's and, a dominatrix. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Probably. But uh, I bet the details of this story get real yeah. good real yeah. fast. For like six months, I would carry toothpaste in my pocket Just when I smoked cigarettes. And then that's how I started smoking menthol cigarettes because I was like, well, it's already got mint in it. Fuck it. I don't need to go buy toothpaste anymore. No one will know. Always a bargain yeah. hunter. <laughs> every, every, But, you know, every day my mom would come in and like, you smell like cigarettes. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're stupid. You smell like Lane Bryant. <laughs> So it's just kind of a back and forth. <laughs> Damn. Um, I don't know if y'all know this. I also have a little bit of a musical background. Well, bring it on. Do you play drums also? I don't play drums. Um, I, I'm, I play the guitar. And when I was in middle school, I actually wanted to play the drums. And I started taking drumming lessons. But I was, again, in middle school. And I had, like, big tits in middle school. And my drum teacher his hand loved to find its way like up my thigh. And I was like, mom, I don't think drumming's for me. And tisk, so tisk. I know. So then I retired uh, from drumming. Tits, 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 tits. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. Um, so I dabbled in drumming, but it's not a good, not a good start. Can, but, can I add on to that? Sure. So in middle school, I did not want to play drums. Oh, this was the peak of the ska revival. <laughs> I wanted to play trumpet. <laughs> I could see you throw oh. it down on the trumpet yeah. actually. But uh, your boy had asthma when he was a little boy, so I had to play drums. <laughs> Worked out pretty well, though. It's, yeah, it took you to Russia. I mean, yeah. my God, where would the trumpet have taken you? God only knows. The moon, maybe. The yeah. moon. There you he go. You could have been in Real Big Fish. They actually made it. That's true. Oh, R.I.P. Well, my biggest uh, musical career moment was singing with the Atlanta Opera. Cool. Hold on. So yeah. you wanted to be a drummer. You're a guitar player. You skipped all that, and now you're singing in the opera? Well, not currently, but I did. I sang three operas with the Atlanta Opera, and then I retired. But that's my Russia. You made your, made your millions, and you retired? I made my millions, and I bounced. Yeah. You know? That's fucking cool. I still turn down calls every day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I do. I play the guitar, and I sing, and, but I, like, I fuck around. I don't do anything like uh, for public consumption anymore. Well, that's, I mean. My drums are furniture in my house. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. That's cool furniture. I mean, they're cool. I just got to keep my kids off of them. Really, you don't want to you don't want to create some baby drummers? Uh, no, I do, but just not not the when I'm trying to do something noise. else. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I like those um, like electronic ones where it just is like the little pad and you hear it in the headphone. Yeah, like as a parent, I would think that would be the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're kind of especially in the the scenes Champ and I were in, you kind of get a negative outlook on electronic drums. Yeah, I could but, totally see that. You know, creeping into your 40s and having kids, you really see how good those damn things must be. Yeah, that is like a whole new horizon. <laughs> oh, also another thing that Heath and I had in common, we both worked at Guitar Center. Yeah, really? On, and like, he, uh, we must have just missed each other. Really? Yeah. Like the same location? Same location in the same department. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's really, like, I believe in, I believe in all of that. That's yeah, amazing. we are, obviously we are to John Cusack and, and Kate Beckinsale. Oh. It's very serendipitous. We are ice skating together. Yeah. That's so cute. Missing a glove. Uh, <laughs> do you sell gloves next door? <laughs> no, we, not yet. We may, but Atlanta seems to be the new uh, Serengeti, so I'm not sure it's ever going to get cold enough to have gloves. <laughs> That's true, unfortunately. Oh, man. Okay, so y'all are obviously good friends. You've got a million things in common. You... Uh, I assume your primary like source of income was real estate for the last however many years. Mm -hmm. Yes. Definitely. Okay. And so then fast forward to 
January, you sign a lease on a brick and mortar space, literally mirror image of mine next door. Um, and now you are an amazing retailer. And now we have no income. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our main source of income is still real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Walk me through, like, how did you even decide to do this? So in my, in my travels, I started going to stores in New York and Japan and they sold uh, a particular type of denim called selvage denim, which basically is they make it on vintage shuttle looms the way that Levi's used to make it back before they started churning them out and creating a shit product. Mm -hmm. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with like kind of heritage inspired clothing and just really well-made pieces that didn't make you look like you were dressing up, but the quality was there. Yeah. And so my background before real estate was retail. And so in between tours, I was like, man, I just want to open a shop that sells this stuff. But at the time it was in New York, in San Francisco, and then not even in LA, mm -hmm. you know, it was Atlanta wasn't ready for it. And that was my excuse. So I put it off, got into real estate, never stopped like being into that denim culture and, you know, not fashion. I could give two shits about fashion, but yeah. like just well-made clothing that like I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. And then one day Heath was like, hey, you always seem to have nice jeans. What kind of jeans should I buy? And I was like, to be honest, I mean, <laughs> this is what I have. I don't know if you want to start with it, but go ahead. Chanel of jeans. Yeah, I mean, I think his response was something along the lines of like, I'm not sure you want to open that bag of worms. And so he gave me a litany of information and, and, and just kind of narrowed it down and said, you know, here's four brands. Go look, whatever. Yeah. So I probably spent a week looking at those jeans from those brands and then seeing, okay, well, they exist in this shop. They exist here. They exist here. Why have I never heard about this shit? But uh, my natural inclination to in, in any of those situations is to just buy the most expensive thing. Yeah, it's got to be good. Yeah, it's got to be the best. And yeah. so I did. Um, I bought a pair of Ironheart jeans. and How much is a pair of Ironheart jeans for people who don't varies know? varies from right now. I think everything they have varies from 325 to 475 okay okay so a lot but not inaccessible there's no comma if, if your norm is target it's a lot yeah you know but if you're used to buying quality clothing it's it's like oh noticeable but it's not it's not insane yeah uh so i got those jeans mm -hmm. um and instantly was changed <laughs> um he got and it i didn't have anyone to really talk about that with yeah um uh, and so i like dove in in a very almost shamefully nerdy way to the point I think I spent somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to twelve thousand dollars in like ten months. Okay. On everything Ironheart sold. And you know, champs in the the peanut gallery saying, Hey, there are other brands. Slow down. <laughs> uh, also I said stop buying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the point is to buy less yeah. stuff. Right. Right. And I, w I was buying and selling and buying and selling. Okay. Um, but my wife came in once and I was on a laptop and I'm typing away and she comes in and I shut it. And so Ooh. instantly she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, she's obviously thinks I'm being uh, shady and turns out I'm on a denim forum <laughs> talking about uh, <laughs> chain stitch hemming. <laughs> 
with a, another grown-ass gentleman somewhere in, I think, Delaware. <laughs> and uh, I believe her exact words were, I'll never be wet again. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> um, but that's... So I like I, her already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so with that, I think... You know, Champ's been into it for 15, 16 years. Okay. I've been into it for five. And so... You had catching up to do. That's why. Well, not only catching <laughs> up, but, you know, the passion that about it that got lit in me. Yeah. You, I used that to bug this shit out of him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because over those five years, I traveled. I went to a lot of the shops that are here in America. And that was what I wanted to do when I landed. Hey, my wife wants to, where are we eating? Where are we going? Where are we staying? And I'm thinking, how close are we to Self Edge or to Blue yeah. and Green or Standard and Strange? And so knowing Champ's retail background, I really was just like, why the fuck aren't we doing this? Why aren't we offering this here in Atlanta? And you yeah. know, finally, I think he threw up his hands. And Was that conversation like five years ago? or No, this was a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. So this is a quick, like, seed to fruition story. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was wow. you know, because my initial reaction when he was like, why isn't this here? Why, why don't we just do it? Mm-hmm. Was, you know, I don't think Atlanta can sustain it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's very niche. Absolutely. You know, but then, you know, we, so Heath and I are also on the same real estate team. Okay. Um, shout out Groundwork Realty Group. Mm-mm. Um, but, you know, we would be having real estate meetings and quickly just be talking about, well, maybe it would work because of this. You know, mm-hmm. for the past 10 years, especially during COVID, we helped so many people move to Atlanta from New York, from San Francisco, mm-hmm. from L.A., from Seattle, from all over. Yeah. So those people had already had places like that sh- to shop. Then we were like, also, we're the number one film industry city. Yeah. In the world. So that's bringing people here. Mm-hmm. Countless industries are moving here. And finally, it was just like, you know what? Fuck it. If no one else is going to do it, let's just do it. Yeah. And I, for me, it was, you know, 15 years of like wanting to do it. Once I was like, hey, fuck it. I'm down. Are you down? He said, yes. I was like, well, then we're just going to do it. Like, I, it can't be two years of planning because I'll, I'll just move on. You got to ride that momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was quick. And it was, I mean, we wanted it to be quicker. Yeah. You know, we, we, we basically about a, not a year and a half, I guess a year and a couple of months ago, we entered the fuck it, let's do it stage. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, let's be open by spring. Okay. We quickly learned not possible. Yeah. Negotiating a commercial lease Sucks. takes forever. It's fucking crickets. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, what color is the sky? I'll 12 get ba- days later, I'll get back to you in two weeks. Yeah. That says, Yellow. I got your email. I'll be right back. <laughs> Let me ask ownership. Yeah. Um, that's brutal. (laughs) So we quickly learned that just, that wasn't possible Mm -hmm. for many reasons. The most important reason is most of the items that we sell are made to order. Yeah. So we quickly learned, okay, well let's aim for fall time, you know, late summer, early fall. And even then it was, or we have to rush. So, you know, we signed a lease and I think, did we, did we sign a lease before going to New York? Uh, in January? No, we didn't have a lease. Okay. So we flew to New York to meet with brands from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And we started establishing relationships and committing to orders before we ever signed a lease. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, had you seen the space? Oh yeah, we had seen the space, but I mean, it was moving, you know, like lava. Well, it was, and and there was also like some non-negotiables that we had not, 
yet agreed on of, mm-hmm. you know, these things had kitchens in them. Yep. We didn't want a kitchen in a retail store. Yeah. So it was ba- basically like we picked the space, but if they won't let us remove the kitchen, we don't have a space. Right. So did we you like, get pushback on that request? Uh, we, we just got non-committal nothing. answers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't think that'd be a problem. I don't think, no, I don't think they'll mind. So is that a yes but, or a no? Yeah. yeah. And we never knew know. who they were. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, yeah, it was very vague throughout the entirety and it still remains vague. Yeah. yeah. So we basically knew in January, hey, if we don't commit to this inventory, we're not going to get it until March of next year. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to open a store heading into summer. Right. So yeah, all that to say, once we were like, fuck it, let's do it. It was balls to the wall. It's go time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And we were very, very lucky to have, you know, our, everything that's been done there has just been our very tiny circle of friends that have jumped in and basically made the whole thing possible. Yeah. Well, these are the times when you call on your networks and call in all the favors and it's like, you got to pull out all the stops if you want to do it and do it right. I opened this business almost 10 years ago and I went through that whole build out process um, on my own. I don't have a business partner and I had just been fired from the job that I was at before because they had heard uh, whispers that I was wanting to go out on my own. I had just broken off an engagement with my fiance and so my build out time was like not enjoyable. It was like panic just every day. Just I got to get money happening out of this space as quickly as I possibly can and uh, it's been interesting watching y'all go through this and it's reminded me of that time and there's so many things that I don't know it's uh, there's stuff that I think that I like blocked out (laughs) because it was such a like trauma response when I was doing it but I I think it's such a like beautiful and enjoyable experience when you're talking about a brick and mortar business because there's a visible tangible um like cause and effect like you literally see this thing you're creating growing in front of you and it's really easy to talk about opening a business not a lot of people follow through with it so it's uh, like it, it was nice little reminder for me to be like this is a that's like a very big deal to have a dream and implement your dream and fucking do it. And you've done such a good job. Like if you're listening, you've got to stop by guilty party. They've done an amazing job with their space. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and it was also kind of crazy to think that we were opening a brick and mortar clothing store in 2023. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that was that to me, that's the most important aspect. We wanted to create a, an experience well an experience a space for people to come and like be around this thing that wasn't here before Mm -hmm. you know brands that have never been here before and and also just people who have like i don't understand why this thing costs what it costs and we've already seen it we've been open for two weeks where people come in and they touch it yeah and they're like holy shit okay tell tell me more because i I, i'm starting to understand Mm -hmm. and you can't get that by looking at a computer screen no not at all you know it's it's easy to write like fancy words about, oh, this cost this because of this, this, this. But eventually mm-hmm. you have to experience it in person. Absolutely. And I think people don't want to take that initial, you know, $400 risk just buying something online. Yeah. It, you know, you buy the wrong thing. It fits like shit. Then all of a sudden you're like, I don't like that stuff. It fits bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've helped countless friends like take that initial leap. And luckily enough, we've gotten the fit right or, or something. So like, you know, it's just been, that has been the most important part to me. Like the e-commerce part is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. y- you have to, you have to get your reach going, but I wanted to create a space where people could come and be around and experience the good shit. 
Yeah, I think that's very important. I think the online aspect is supplemental because once people know, oh, I'm this size and this brand, I like this cut or this style, they can replenish from you. They don't necessarily have to make every purchase in person. But I totally agree with you when you're at that price point, you've got to give people the opportunity to experience it. Yeah, well, and we wanted to, I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) We we just, we want to be there to help in like, you know, there's already been times where People have come out of the dressing room, and Heath and I have been like, "That ain't the one." Yeah, you know, people appreciate that honesty. Yeah, let's let's try this, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, same way, same thing with when we're selling houses, is we're not just trying to sell you some shit and get you out the door. Yeah, you know, we want you to love what you get and mm-hmm. know that we're, we want you to look good and feel good. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Deion Sanders, baby. That's right. <laughs> That's so funny. What's been the most surprising aspect of? Uh, becoming brick and mortar small business owners? I don't know that I'm surprised at all. It's kind of gone the way that I thought it was uh, or would. Um, I do think the initial pop was surprising. What do you mean? Um, Well, let's say, I mean, we've only been open for, in the grand scheme of things, 30 minutes. So it's very, very, it's in its infancy. But, you know, the initial opening and that, that week of shopping was far better than I thought it would be. That's fabulous. Um, but it, the most surprising thing for me is that there really are people here who want this stuff. You know, it's not just me and Champ and a handful of other people who, you know, just kind of think we have this underground clothing <laughs> knowledge. I mean, it, yeah. there's a lot of people here who really want quality clothes. and That's got to feel good. Like, I was right. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> I think the most surprising thing to me is that... Uh, landlords in Atlanta don't give a shit if their lease, if their spaces are leased or not. That's another thing. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They (laughs) don't give a fuck. It is the worst part of like, if I could have the same revenue I do online only, I would not have a brick and mortar just based on my experience dealing with these assholes for 10 years. And I don't Shout care if they're listening. Paces. Shout out Paces Properties. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. Um, and brand fucking management. Yeah. Oh, but I'm like, it is, <laughs> there is that added component of we don't own these spaces. And there's this intermediary level that you have to deal with. And uh, it's annoying. And it's inefficient as hell. Yes. Um, did, and y'all had a bunch of, of leaks recently. Did that get resolved? I think or? there were nine. Uh, during one rainstorm and and mind you it's not like it hasn't rained and you know that we just had other leaks repaired yeah like within six weeks Mm -hmm. to be fair this was a fucking downpour it It was was a a torrential downpour it was a downpour it was crazy but we were leaking from both sides down the entirety of this beam Mm -hmm. I mean it was it was rough, and whenever you know your livelihood for that store are decently expensive <laughs> garments that are getting rained on that yeah. are made to order. Yeah, yes. and like if you know, say say this pair of jeans gets ruined, mm-hmm. it might be it might be three months, it might be six months, it might be a year before I can get more of those. Yeah. Luckily, we we merchandise the store, knowing that okay there have been leaks here before yeah Mm -hmm. so we merchandised around it so it was it was fine okay this is good but uh yeah we we're we're two polite little southern boys but but not that day not i put a very strongly worded email oh i wanted to tell you all this i have a crazy story of the first time i learned about japanese denim okay 
And this is how I know that people are so passionate about it. I was on a first date and (laughs) you know that abandoned parking lot across from the old Turner Field? And how they do those like carnivals there a couple times a year? Yes. Uh, yeah, they and they also do the Black Circus. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I bet that's a fucking blast. It is. I've been twice. Ooh, <laughs> I'm going to go. So me and this guy, we go, it's the middle of the day, and we went to this carnival. And he was wearing a pair of Japanese denim jeans. I don't remember the brand. But I think I was just like, oh, you look nice, or whatever, like casual bullshit you say on a first date. Um, he's like, can I tell you about my jeans? And I was like, oh. Sure. That's better than him saying, can I take them off? (laughs) Well, just wait. Uh, (laughs) um, But he go, I mean, I swear it has to have been like 30 minutes of like in-depth Japanese denim knowledge. And I, I actually do think it is interesting, but like when you're first meeting a person, I was like, all right, calm down, Rain Man, like, got it. And we had a lovely date. um, And we saw each other a couple times after that. But then like... Stuff just started to not add up, and I did a little investigative journalism, and I found out this man was married. And so I found his wife on Instagram, and I told her. About his denim? (laughs) Your husband likes expensive pants. (laughs) No, I said, I've been on a couple dates with your husband, Um, and like, I didn't know he had a significant other, and you know, sorry to bother you. Uh, If you want to know more, like, happy to share. If not, like, have a good day. And she like... Check out Hawkins and Clover. Yeah, while you're at it. No, but she was like, can we have a phone call? And I was like, yeah. Um, We had a two-hour phone call. And she was like, I knew that motherfucker was a liar, but I thought it was like hiding Taco Bell, not cheating on me. And she was like, can you send me screenshots? Heath, was this you? (laughs) I have not had an affair with Heath. (laughs) Um, No, but I sent her screenshots of everything and she used them and divorced him. So... Well, okay. (laughs) Disclaimer. Two two things. Sorry about that. I don't care. (laughs) Is this dude still wearing denim? Uh, He's probably going to be. He's probably one of your customers. Also, let me just. (laughs) Japanese denim does not lead to divorce all the time. That's true. Just half the time. That's true. (laughs) Just when you're a piece of shit. Just when you're a piece of shit. But I just thought that was so funny. I was like, Japanese denim. I was like, I know I've heard of this before. Oh, yeah, that. That little date. This is forever. We're again. reminding you about all the fun stuff <laughs> yeah, in your sorry past. About that. Yeah, this must seriously. Not be fun for I got you. a book therapy after this. <laughs> no. Um, well, okay. I do want to ask you about this. As a, as a hairdresser, I hear people all the time talk about business ideas, and I watch them not actually follow through on them. So. Other than, I know we talked about kind of just like the stars aligning, and you you whittled away the reasons not to do this. Was there like a thing or a specific moment where it was like, we're going to fucking do this. I mean, mine was Heath kind of reigniting the, hey, this still isn't here. Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I and mean, that's basically, I think it kind of started kind of like a, hey, why aren't we doing this? We need to do this. And I think once I saw that Champ had wheels turning and was even really considering it, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of started just like meeting up once a week just to talk about it. Yeah. And then we'd go play golf and that's what we'd talk about the entire time we were out there. Uh, and then I think casually talking about it enough in front of our wives mm-hmm. and them not shutting it down immediately was kind of like, let's green light it. Yeah. Let's do it. I, also my, my wife, Marissa was basically like, hey, you've wanted to do this forever. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Oh, but if great. you're going to do it, do it right. Fuck yeah, Marissa. Yeah. She's, cool. she's a badass. Aww. 100%. That's awesome. How did you, I don't know, you don't have to share this if you don't want to answer this question, but like financing, had you been planning for a long time? How did you go about that? Because I think that's a stumbling block that a lot of people can't get past when they're talking about opening a new business, especially something that requires 
a lot of upfront expense and inventory. Um, luckily, we are both homeowners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we looked at every possible avenue. We had uh, lists of people we were going to do friends and family, investments. But, you know, Heath and I are not ones to want to borrow money from people. Same. Um, we knew that nobody was going to loan us money on a brick and mortar clothing retail store. Yeah. Um, so luckily, you know, we both owned our homes and we're like, Hey, you know, let's bet on ourselves. And so we did home equity lines of credits. Mm-hmm. Well, HELOC. It's called a oh, HELOC. Yeah, we did mm-hmm. HELOCs and, and so we did that and, and, you know, we've, we've leaned on friends, mm-hmm. you know, to, as far as like the build out. And we, you know, obviously paid them, paid them fairly. And, you know, yeah. but we tried to also go back to like what it was like touring all the time where, hey, we have to do everything as creatively and I don't want to say cheaply because I don't think we did anything cheap. Yeah. No, but you have to be mindful. You have to be mindful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's still like, I mean, it's it kind of fucked me in the head of like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be like making money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this Spending eventually is... <laughs> This is eventually going to like, there's going to be money coming in that helps pay for this stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's the fun part. I'm, it's, it's still I'm still waiting little, for it. It's still a little <laughs> it's weird. Coming. You know, once we, we look at the end of the day of what we've sold and if there's a, a profit dollar there. Yeah. It's still very odd to me because we've spent almost a year just shelling out money. Absolutely. So yeah. it'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. How did you decide on your division of labor between the two of you? Because I think that there's a huge, I mean, going into business with somebody versus being a solo entrepreneur, I mean, two very different experiences. Has it been an organic thing? Has it been an intentional thing? Who does what? How did you decide? It's been organic. And now that we are up and running, it's getting more and will become more intentional and mm. laid out, I think. Champ uh, has been by and large done the heavy lifting a knowing about retail mm-hmm. um but b i don't know if you can tell my hair is white uh so you know the, it's a beautiful silver i'm still getting used to the online you know so he's gone and like really the nuts and bolts of like our website of um of getting a, an internet presence there um i do more of the hey the toilet paper roll fell off the wall, put it back on. Uh-huh. Um, Brains and brawn. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> we're in, so we, we just actually had a discussion about this. So we're, we're going to figure out our lanes, I think. Yeah. Uh, as we go. It's, it, it's all about solid communication. Oh yeah. You like know, any good relationship. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we want to make it a point to like, not let things just fall by the wayside mm-hmm. and then eventually blow up. Mm-hmm. So it's just solid communication and like, and we'll, we'll figure out designated roles yeah. for stuff. But right now, like, you know, I think we like to make sure the other person is involved in almost every decision mm-hmm. because, you know, there's two of us, you know, I mean, we're multiple brands, multiple seasons of stuff. Like it's not just going to be one person making all the orders. Right. So we get together and we're like, do you like this? Do you like that? Mm-hmm. Do you think Atlanta will like this? You know, so curating a selection it's a lot of you know conversations back and forth i did lean on heath and be like can you can you do the finances because that ain't my strong suit okay it ain't our strong suit i think that i'm just 
a touch more scared of of debt than okay. a champ is. Well, so, I, don't, I don't mind carrying a balance on a credit card. <laughs> it keeps him up at night. Oh yeah. man. Well, the key. This is so. I didn't take out any loans. I self-financed all of this, which was there's pros and cons of. Um, but I'm a big fan of the interest-free credit card for like 18 to 24 months, and I just load that motherfucker up, do all my inventory shopping, and then like pay it off slowly. So my thing is like if you can avoid interest, it's technically free money. <laughs> Are you doing that under your name or under the business? Business boy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> our our main credit card is ju- is you know we have no business to put it under. So hopefully we can parlay you know doing that in, in the future but right I now mean, it's we have a business to put it under you're saying well, yeah, we don't have we the, don't we don't have the clout for them to be like sure we'll give you a bunch of money you know yeah. right now they're like oh cool you've been open for five well, minutes yeah so <laughs> yeah but eventually we'll we'll definitely explore that yeah absolutely i i try to keep my personal business stuff separate as much as i can but i mean it's there's a lot of cross-pollination but as you know like you can write off fucking everything like oh. your cars every trip you take like Bro, it's so good. Hey, don't forget we're both <laughs> realtors. Yeah. We already write off everything. Yeah, you already know. You already you got every this. coffee I get. Everyone business one hundred percent. I've never had a meal that wasn't a business expense. Yeah, because <laughs> my wife also a realtor. Yeah, every meal. Yeah, real estate is talked about. Of course. Yeah, but that also literally is true. Like when you're in that type of industry, your friends become your clients, become your colleagues. Like it's there's so much intermixing of that that it's like we're gonna talk about work. Well, and that's that's how we run run our real estate business, and also with Guilty Party is it's it's all our our sphere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's relationship based. It's not just casting the widest net and just you know get a bunch of stragglers. It's fuck those stragglers. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think you have to be niche. And the more clear about who you are, won't Champ chug his iced coffee. (laughs) (sighs) Um, I think there was a misconception. Like, I think if you go to college and like learn about business, it's like, you've got to study the market. You've got to be everything to everybody and da, da, da. And it's like, I have found in 10 years of doing this, that that's completely incorrect. I want people to come to my shop, go to my website, go to my Instagram, listen to this podcast and be like, nope, not for me. Because what that means is that I've put my stake in the ground and I've made it clear about like who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You don't, you can't be everything to everyone. So why try? Like I like to be real niche. I like that. that. I like that too. Um, I can't remember if I already asked you this. Has anything gone colossally wrong other than the flood? <laughs> I mean, a- as bad as that was, it, could have been so much worse. That's true. That's yeah. A, what positive? I know it's the only positive champ. thing I'll say all day. <laughs> Fuck life. <laughs> um, my little ray of sunshine. <laughs> no, I. So far, everything has has run fairly smooth. That's great. Um, but we've, you know, I think with ten years worth of not that they're the same thing, but you know, doing real estate deals, mm-hmm. you kind of learn that you have to be fluid. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? If you line everything up like a a game of dominoes, mm-hmm. you're fucked. You're fucked. Agreed. And so, you know, while we did, we, we had a date in our lease that we had to be open by, which happened to be about a week past the day we wanted to be open. Okay. But we were built out with merchandise in the store two and a half months before. Yeah. Because we wanted to like feel the space, mm-hmm. make sure we had inventory, mm-hmm. work out kinks, which, you know, this was not colossal, but like, so we have a 14 foot walnut floating shelf. Yeah. 
with a hanging rod that holds 14 feet worth of mm. clothing. Yeah. And I mean, amazing craftsmanship, like fucking bolted into that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in fixing something else and Heath and I were like, Hey, can you just look at that shelf and make sure it's, it's good. Cause it looks a little like pulling Mm-mm. and he's like, Oh, you know, it's fine. And then he looked and he's like, how, how do you describe him? Like, uh, just a very, very country idiot savant. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. Yeah, he he speaks incredible like molasses. Okay. But he is a woodworking magician. Oh, he's fucking awesome. That's great. So you know, we weren't open, and we had a time where I could be like, "Can you look at this?" Mm-hmm. And finally, he looked, and he looked again, and then I could tell like, "Uh oh." Mm. And so it was. Well, now we have to fix this. Yeah. And we're not open yet, thankfully. Yeah. So we're working through these kinks before we open. And we fixed it. It looks way cooler now. Uh-huh. So I think we've put ourselves in a position to where we've allowed time for fuck-ups to happen. Yeah. Without major consequences. That now, that smart. just that just means something fucked up is just around the corner. Well, I was talking about this on the last episode. That is entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like, it, something fucked up is always going to be around the corner. It's just, it's going to get, like, it just scales. But once you, once you realize that flow, and I think it's not dissimilar to real estate and anything where there's other people involved, right? It's like you learn, like you said, to be fluid and adaptable. Stuff's going to go wrong, but at the end of the day, like, we're going to get this deal closed. Yeah. It's going to be fine. You want to know, know how you learn stuff in real estate? How? You fuck something up. Oh. Or someone else fucks something up, and you, you go into fix-it mode. Yeah. And that's how you learn. That's, I mean... As long as you're learning. <laughs> they, don't, they don't teach you that oh. in the conferences. Yeah. yeah. Just go out there and fuck something up. You'll learn, you'll learn real fast. That is a great way to learn, though. I mean, it's like cooking. It's like, oh, too much salt. Next time I'll use less. Yeah. Done. Mm. Speaking of learning, what's your educational backgrounds? Did you all go to college? Uh, I went to like 80 colleges and never, <laughs> never finished any of them. Okay. But I do have a biology degree from LSU that I bought off of the dark web. <laughs> For $120, and my plan was to just let it fall out of, like, briefcases and interviews and be like, oh, shit, my, my biology degree, and then I would just put it back Here in. happens. No need to call these guys. You've, all, you've already seen it. So, it was a Is dark, that true? Yeah. But, I mean. Hey, that's, that's dealing with Heath. I also. You say, that's, there's no way that's true, and then he has photo evidence. Yeah. You call my wife. She bitches about it all the time. About your fake diploma wall. Well, we were we were very poor at the time, and she was like, "What the fuck?" And I mean, honestly, it should be like I accessed the dark web and I came out with a college degree. Like y'all should be, y'all should be praising me. There's so many other things I could have done. It's insane you're telling me the story because I remember back to my bad denim date guy when I was on my two-hour phone call with his wife and she was like, I knew he was a fucking liar. He lied about graduating from college and he made a fake diploma. (laughs) (laughs) And I swear, again, it wasn't Are you sure this wasn't Heath? (laughs) I bought it right in her face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's amazing. What else have you bought on the dark web? Uh, That's it. That's what I'm saying. I've, I've accessed it once. And I came out with a 4.0 GPA. I graduated magna cum laude. <laughs> I have my fucking transcripts. I know what days I missed class. Are you kidding? Yeah, there's can, a lot of shit on the dark web. Can you get me a diploma? Uh, absolutely. 
Dartmouth <laughs> law. That's what I want. So that you got to you got to go in casual, like to a state school. Not, not my you style. can't go Ivy League <laughs> and then Ivy go League. to like law school. You have to be something like okay, yeah, he probably has a general biology degree from LSU. <laughs> Full sale. You know what I mean? Champ, do you have a real or fake degree? <laughs> I graduated high school. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, good story, huh? <laughs> oh, I, I did graduate from hair school. Oh, yeah, we didn't yeah, talk about yeah. this. Okay, so everyone knows I'm a I hairdresser. I have my hair Keith. certificate from Tony and Guy. Tony and Guy. Uh, that's like enemy territory. I'm an Aveda girl. He's mm. a Tony and Guy guy. Um, yeah. But but you don't. How long did you do your hair for? About five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. Why? You didn't like it? Um, Look at his hair. Yeah. He's got, got great hair. I got bangs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, One pomade away from success. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, I didn't, I was touring a lot at the time. I didn't mm-hmm. have the time to build a clientele. Uh, I don't know if other people out there who do hair for other people that's not uh, booth rent get their paychecks and wonder where the fuck all my money is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I still do hair. At my house, in my kitchen, for a dozen people yeah. that I've just kept along the way who don't want to go start a new relationship with someone. I get that. But I would gladly like to stop cutting hair. <laughs> well, I hope none of those 12 people are listening to this. Yeah. He if, hates If you. one of those 12 people, Pay I'll name him. you here. <laughs> I'll list you off. Yeah, I just I have no interest in doing hair anymore. Okay. I got it. I got it. Um, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? or I'll talk about whatever you want. Well, how much time do you have? How many how many marriages have you broken up? Um, well, I didn't break up any marriages. I, <laughs> I've cheated on nobody. I've ended an engagement, so technically not a marriage. So I preemptively broke up my own marriage. <laughs> it's um, the responsible thing to do. It's the responsible thing to do, you know. It had to be done. Not me, who? <laughs> no, I think just that one marriage. But I would I would say that the the husband was the one that broke it up, not me. Mm, I didn't know. I was just a sweet little girl. (laughs) Just one of her boys with the Japanese denim on. Mm, Seriously. Yeah, I I mean, hey, listen, y'all run across any cute guys who can afford $400 jeans, send them over here. You're going to text, hey, this dude got his pants off over here. You better hurry. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you've got my number. This guy wants denim. He does not want to talk about it. (laughs) God. That's your guy. Mm, Sold. (laughs) Sold. I love it. Hey, it's a little cottage industry over there. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to learn more about Japanese denim and very expensive, beautiful flannels, please stop by our friends at Guilty Party. And Heath and Champ, I really I appreciate the time so much. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. Having us. Can I can I shout out our our socials? Yes, please. All right, you can shop online at guiltyparty.co, not com, co, co, co. <laughs> And Instagram is at Guilty Party ATL. All right. Fuck yeah. Whoop, whoop. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Buy some jeans. Okay. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Woo. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, if you enjoyed it, please feel free to share social media, tell your friends, tag us, leave us a review, you know, all of that stuff. We'd so appreciate it. And as a friendly reminder, listeners always get 10% off at hawkinsandclover.com with discount code CLOVERCLUB, all caps. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.